This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. You're listening to the West MY podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Hello and welcome to the West Hamway podcast with myself, Dave Walker, and XWHU employee. It's another defeat for David Moyes and the pressure continues to mount. Is X still backing him? Why are the ball not sacking him? If they do, Dan Wofferden gives his choice of replacement. We talk about the Wolves game, a shit journey home that saw me temporarily possessed, and the importance of the Everton game before getting news from X and answering questions from patrons of the West Hamway. X, last week you said you wanted Moyes in charge for the next two games. Wolves was the first one. Given what we saw on Saturday, because we were both there, are you still comfortable with him being in charge against Everton? He's got to go. He's got to go. Okay, so so last week you um, quite callously accused me of moving the goalposts and now you're telling me you're doing the same. No, right, listen, what what it is, is I, I'm still, like, Moyes is not going to go. He's going to be the manager for Everton. So I yeah. still support him for that. Yeah. So so it's not as clear-cut as sacking him. I'm not, uh, he is the manager. I'm going to still support him. You're right. I did say that he needed both games. The problem was, by saying he needed both, ga- both games, it meant that the one prior would have to have done well as well. So up to Everton, I still think, like, I still kind of maintain at the time that should be what happened. But the performance against Wolves was so bad that it's made me think, well, you know, even if we do win against Everton, is that mm. just kind of papering over what what has just been really, really poor recently? And, you know, I've known it's been poor, but I thought if we got a draw at Leeds, beat Brentford, you know, got to draw a win at Wolves and then beat Everton. It actually wouldn't be a bad little run we were putting on. But obviously, yeah. we've lost Wolves now. The performance was was really bad in my eyes. Same problems in terms of selection. And then I start. I spent last week, as you know, and I can't I can't say too much on this because I'd be saying information that probably is 
not really meant to get out, but I spoke to quite a few people well-placed in the club, obviously, you know, despite people trying every year to say, I've got no sources, it's, it's pretty obvious. You have to be thick or have to be, um, I don't know, an antagonist to think that I haven't. So I spoke to a few people within the club, well-placed, you know, different roles, and I was just generally trying to gauge my feeling for, for what they had towards him and majority say he's got to go. And then when you look at the votes online, and Mark Carlo did one for the West Ham way, I think, and, you, and it's it's like 94% the fans think he's got to go, that it's mm. very, very, very hard for him to turn it around. That he's going to have the Everton game. If we win the Everton game 2 or 3-0, no, I don't, know, don't think we will, but let's just say we did, it would be very harsh to sack him on the back of that. Because you're like you know you, you, if you're going to give him that game and then he wins two or three nil, it would be harsh to to sack him. So I would, you know, I'd still kind of say be supporting it, but it's like when you see the when you see the performance against Wolves and the fact that you know so many people want him gone now, I just don't really see how he can turn this round now. I think it's impossible for him to turn it round because uh, how many managers have lost the fans and clearly, in my opinion, lost the players and come back from it. Yeah. I, I I I really don't know. I mean, I, I think it's it's so concerning now that I genuinely, genuinely, genuinely believe that we will go down if we keep them in charge. And I wrote an article for our website before the Wolves game listing 10 reasons why David Moyes has got to go. And one of them is that it's been a long time coming. And this was supported by a post that I saw on our Telegram group, right, that said, from the 1st of January 2022, 2022, to date, after the Wolves game, he's won 40 points from 38 games. And that is relegation form. And something else to consider as well, X, is who we've actually beaten in those 38 games. I'll tell you, Palace, Norwich, Watford, Wolves, Villa, Everton, Norwich again, Villa again, Wolves again, Fulham and Bournemouth. I mean, it's not the most impressive list of wins I've ever seen. And it also highlights that we can't compete with the top teams anymore. And when you you talk about the squad of players that we've got being one of the best squads we've ever seen in our lifetime, the the level of underachievement is off the Richter scale. It's just mm. not good enough anymore, is it? And so th- this notion of two more games in inverted commas, I've used it myself, you've used it, I think he's had long enough because you can see the cracks have been there for a while now. Yeah, I mean, the most alarming thing for me with the Wolves game, so there's a couple of like eye-opener moments for me with that, with that fixture, was firstly... I thought the atmosphere, and I hadn't thought it before, and I know Wolves are very clever of how they position their fans, like the away fans, sorry, in like one long row <clears throat> along the side of the goal. It's very hard to get a chart going. I thought the atmosphere was terrible. The atmosphere was almost defeated before we, defeated before yeah, we started. Yeah, I agree with that. And mm-hmm. then when you've got that from the crowd as well, and then the, then the, the selection of certain players who clearly haven't performed for God knows how long now. I mean, again, I don't mean to go on about this, but how many years now have I been saying Thomas Suchek is just not performing for this club now? He actually did a few decent things in that game, but still not good enough to, to earn his start. If he was five foot seven, there'd be no way near this team. And in the Premier League, you cannot just rely on someone because they're tall, particularly in the midfield area where, where you've got to be so involved in the action. Gerard Bowen hasn't performed all season. Nothing been done to address that you know we had six weeks off for the world cup of which he didn't play in so he had all that time at home to, uh, to work on his form work on his fitness work on whatever it is that's hindering his performances this 
season and nothing appears to have changed. Um, you play Antonio in that game and he just doesn't look interested. I thought his attitude mm. stunk personally yep. in that game. Yep. He, wasn't, he wasn't chasing the ball when it was near him. He wasn't making the runs he usually makes. Um, it was G. He might as well have not been there as well. Um, and then you look at the selection and Ben Rama. Um, starts on the subs bench when he's the only one that looks like he can make anything happen for us at the moment. I mean, a couple of times, again, I do understand Moyes' point. A couple of times, he should have passed when he didn't and shot when he didn't. And so, but he's the uh, only one having a go, though, X. At least he has a go. I don't well, no. mind him losing possession if he's having a go and there's intent. Well, like no. in Jared Bowen, he might, not, he, he might as well stay at home these days. Yeah, well, I was going to say that before you interrupted me. Sorry, mate. He, I do believe, despite that, he still has to play because he is the only one making anything happen. You know, Mm. you could, you you take one, two bad decision and, and two like chance created decisions um, over no chances created so obviously he's more got more impact than any of the other players and then and then you look at the fact that like what I don't understand as well is this is such a crucial game for for West Ham in a relegation battle for David Moyes' career for everything to do with West Ham and he's got Kurt Zuma who, who's trained all week yeah okay he hasn't played a, a fixture but he's trained all week David Moyes is in such a, like a must-win situation, I would have thought he, and I don't think Ogbonna played that badly, to be fair, but if I would have thought, if you're going for a crucial win, you throw him in. What have you got to lose? If you know you've only got a few games left, you don't need to think, well, I need him for March, April time. You need to think, I need him for the immediate now. And um, again, he didn't um, didn't pick him, just kept him on the subs bench. And I just, I just think there's too many decisions now that are just so questionable. And oh, yes, I have backed him, mate. I, you wouldn't believe the amount of abuse I've taken for backing him. And now, you know, I was getting messages in my, in my on uh, Patreon, on Twitter. I was getting so many people. So you, might, I've got things like you must not support the club if you still want David Moyes. Do you not understand football? All oh, this, sort of, mate. I've got loads of it, and and this. This is where West Ham fans read to sort of have a look at themselves a little bit because people are entitled to a different opinion. Yes, now I'm changing to see the majority, but I still maintain, and I would still say the same, even with the benefit of hindsight, I still think he deserved those games. And yes, we could all say, no, he should have gone before the World Cup. Fair enough. But one thing that I, I maintain by that, and it came up as a question in the section later, but I'm going to answer it now. He, Someone asked, do you think you know how West have fans treated Sam Allardyce and treated David Moyes and other managers in the past will put other managers off. I think there's a chance of that. But what I would say is because the board backed David Moyes right up to the point almost where, well, I mean, they're still backing him, but right up to the point where it's almost unbackable and they did the same with other managers. I think that enables you to have a better selection of managers prepared to take the job because they know that there's greater job security there. And if things don't go well initially, you may be bought a bit of time, unlike a Watford or a Chelsea or clubs like that that just sack their manager the minute something turns. I think it wasn't a bad thing. Yes, we're in a dodgy league position now. Yes, February is a hard month to turn things around in due to the fixtures we've got. But if a new manager comes in, we they've still got plenty of time. You know, it's like how many games have we played now? Slightly over half the season. So we've got half the season to turn it around. And if we've only played slightly over half the season, that means we've got all most of the weaker teams to play one more time at some point. So so we should be able to turn this around even if we change it. 
after the Everton game. So I actually think it was the right decision to keep him till this point. It's now been clear that he isn't the right manager for the job, and now you now you need to to move him on and try and get someone in. But the, but as the, I've always said as well, who is that person? And I think the board feel exactly the same for the interactions I've had with them these last couple of days. Yes, you can say anyone's going to be better than Moyes, but you've got to get the appointment right. And it's not obvious who the right appointment is. Yeah, but see, that doesn't sit well with me because it, it's it's easy for us as fans to say, that's oh, a tough one, I don't know. We're not paid to make those decisions. This is a fucking Premier League football club. This ain't the dog and duck playing over Acne Marshes. It, we, we should have a strategic department that would cover such a scenario like this in a professional, expert way. Well, I mean, I, don't, I'm do not... We? Yeah, but, well, then that's that's the fault of the football club. Yeah, you know, it is. It's, it's but... ridiculous. But, but, then, but then again, at the same time, I'm, I'm absolutely no way having that there is no one out there that can do a better job than David Moyes with the with the players that he's got at his disposal. It's, it's, well, I'm no, not no. having. There's no way that I could accept the decision. Well, we just don't think there's anyone else out there, so we're going to go with David Moyes. I, I, I just that's catastrophic for the football club that that decision. But, and it, and you know, sorry, because I must finish this point right because without wanting to intrude on your section, I'm also worried that if we're genuinely linked with players. And the board was seriously considering sacking David Moyes. Why would they spend even more money supporting him in this job? Only for another manager to come in and say, yeah, that player that's just come in for 20 million, I don't fancy him. I'm, I'm worried the board are going to give him the season, you know? Because looking from, looking from Sullivan's perspective, right? He's just spent, a, what, 170 million pound on players. If he sacks David Moyes, he'd have to pay him compensation for even more money, uh, another manager to come in in terms of wages if they're half decent. Then run the risk that that manager might say, I'll take the job, but I want to bring in three or four new players to fit my style of play. That's more money. So mm. part of me thinks, is Sullivan going to think with his wallet over his head, give Moisey the season and just live in hope for the next 20 games? Because if that gamble doesn't pay off and we go down, mate, we're fucked. Oh, yeah, of course we are. Relegation's absolutely huge for West Ham, and it? it'd, be, it'd be terrible for us. And, like, you know, I was on a, 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 a chat show, a West Ham chat show on Friday where one of the other co-hosts tried to argue with me that going down wasn't a bad thing for West Ham. Of course, it's a... I don't, Jesus Christ. I know, but I won't even go there, but of course, of course it's a massively bad thing for, for West Ham to go down, um, and it would be awful, but the problem is, and this is why I've always almost tried to bat boys, is that I think in some ways that is that might be how Sullivan does work. He's already said it very clearly. He don't like. He knows that Moyes is in trouble, that a change is needed but he has stated himself who do you bring in and I know you're saying there's people out there and there are people out there but he he is the one that's going to make that decision and he's the one that he's reluctant to so it appears and I may be wrong because I don't know the actual ins and outs of it but it appears that he is prepared to sign players that he wants so it's not whether David Moyes wants them it's not necessarily whether Rob Newman wants them Rob Newman might have an input I guess but it's it, it might just be now back to how it's been before that the club are going to take control of transfers and whoever is appointed as manager, whether it still be David Moyes or a replacement, will have to fit in with those signings that, that they now make. I know, God, it's yeah, not, it's, it's uh, terrible, mate. And this and this this might be the answer to why we keep losing top quality players because it doesn't fit into our system. Maybe yeah. that's the problem. Maybe Quite you've possibly. got a manager that wants to play a certain way, but the owners are buying the players to fit into it and it doesn't match. It, 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 it doesn't work. It well, doesn't think, work in unison. 
I think most of the signings this summer, bar probably Flynn Downs, maybe Max Cornet, um, were, um, were, but with Moyes' blessing. So I think they were bought in the summer by Moyes. But then again, you know, what does Moyes know what his system is? You, you've got a six foot three, six foot four forward, and the team cannot cross. How many times have I said that? The Wolves game was the exact example again. The crossing is fucking terrible. It's not, you don't even have to be a football fan to understand the, the, the the, the physics behind why floating across into the box with no power, just floating it in there towards someone is never going to work most of the time because the guy, the forward, has to take a touch because there's no power on the ball. And then once they're taking the touch in the Premier League, the defenders close in on you too quickly, as was shown with Skamaker at one point. If you're going to take a first, it first time, you've either got to make brilliant connection on the turn or a brilliant header without any momentum on the ball. It just doesn't work. But then we sort of sit for free striker. We had Sebastian Allaire, similar type of mode, I guess, to Skamaka. Couldn't, you know, didn't perform for us, but then goes to Ajax, bangs goals in his first back, game back um, and bless him for it after going through what he's gone through for Borussia um, Dortmund, and I think he scored a hat-trick. So, you know, you look at you look at it, there doesn't appear to the recruitment, the recruitment's been the biggest letdown, and I think when you look at it, you need to know who it is that's buying the players. I think it is personally. David Moyes had more say over it this, this summer, but when you look at the players brought in, we spent all that money and you could argue that barely any of them are the right fit for the club. Agued looks good. I, don't know, I think he looks a decent signing. Piqueta, really, for a Brazilian international, 50 million hasn't performed to the standard you'd expect. You know, you've got to think, when West Ham signed a player like Paulo Futre back in the day in 1996, yes, he didn't play at all, but you could see his class immediately. You know, you should have been able to see that about Paqueta, but you can't. Scamaca, no. Corne, no. Um, Kera, you know, can't get in the team now. Um, so you've got to look at the recruitment and think, what is going on here? You know, is it David Moyes? Is it Rob Newman? Is it Sullivan? Whoever it is, recruitment's been terrible. And, uh, you know, you, these players might be World Cup stars for Brazil and, and play for Italy and so on. But if they can't play for West Ham, there's no point signing them. And that's the manager, though. For me, that's the manager. I, I don't think recruitment's been bad. I think the management of those recruited players has been bad. Well, it's been... the reason. I mean, look at his look at his decision making again. You alluded to it earlier, right? Explain this one to me because this was another good point raised online. Ben Rama and Skamica are our joint top goal scorers this season. And Moyes says that our biggest problem is scoring goals. Yet in a must-win game, he puts both players on the bench. Yeah, well, I've already said that they should have started both of them. I don't understand that decision at all. But, I mean, it is down to recruitment as well as management. As equally, because the recruitment, and it's the manager that recruited. So, yeah, you can say, ultimately, it's all down to him. But I don't necessarily believe the signings that, yeah, we've signed good players, but there's no point signing good players that don't fit the system. If we get a new manager in they may fit the system and then you can say they're good recruitment but good recruitment needs to be a good recruitment for a certain way of playing and for a certain football club so you can't just say yeah just because they're a great player it's good recruitment it's good recruitment if they are good players that work for the system that you're trying to install now I'm not saying that that's not Moise's fault either because I think he was in charge of the players but I think it's a not having the, the the right players for the system the manager wants to play and then 
you flip it around and say the manager can't get the right system for the players that have been brought in. But whatever the case is, the two shouldn't happen. And you're right in terms of selection. Suchek should not be in that team. Flynn Downs, every time he's played for this club, at a minimum, has put a shift in. Yeah, you know, he might not be the most technical of players. Yes, he spent his career in lower leagues. But every time he's came in for West Ham, he's put in a shift. Uh, at the minimum effort, you'd get the same from Connor Coventry. At the minimum, I don't think Connor's necessarily shown his qualities to, to all fans yet and he's harshly written off but skill-wise at him, Flynn Downs, even Lanzini maybe you could argue would offer more than suit and Fornells. You know, you could play Rice and Paqueta as the central midfield too and have Fornells as a more advanced one. Any of them would offer more more than Suchek. Antonio might as well not have put on the shirt on um, at the weekend. He he's clearly wasn't bothered about what happened and is clearly causing issues. Ben Rama's the only one that made anything happen. He should have been the team. Ben uh, Bowen arguably shouldn't have been. Um, and yeah, the, the selection is all wrong as well. And the selection, unfortunately, has been wrong in previous games. But I just thought we were too, we were good enough to sort of turn it around. At this point, West Ham fans can scream about how Moyes is the wrong person for the job until they're blue in the face. But ultimately, none of us make that decision. So you've got a dilemma as fans. Your dilemma as fans is, do we scream and boo and make it so uncomfortable for David Moyes that that, we, that no one can dispute our feelings, even though I think everyone's feelings are, are, are quite well well known? Or you, you back the manager because you support West Ham United and you want it doesn't necessarily mean matter at this particular moment who is the manager we just need to get out of the trouble we're in and that's the situation that West Ham fans find themselves in yeah but the thing is though X it's easier said than done isn't it you know I mean uh, so if you go to Everton are you going to start booing the manager do, do you know what mate right if I, I, I what I'm saying is I can understand if we lose on Saturday right against the piss poor Everton side and we find ourselves say bottom of the table with these players with the continuing ongoing frustration with David Moyes and the genuine fear that's setting in that we could be relegated it's very hard for me to support the man that is responsible for doing that and and, and, and then I think you're going to see the protest back sooner rather than later he's already lost the fans Moyes he's probably already lost the players in fact I'm sure of it And, and there's nothing in football as powerful as fan power yeah, so, so you know, if we if we if we don't vent our frustrations uh, and our concerns to David Sullivan, then he might well think that we're content. No, he know, he on. knows. I mean, he'd have to be completely off the pulse to not know that West Ham fans are not happy with David Moyes. It's absolutely everywhere. If I'm getting abuse in DMs and and on Twitter and whatever because I offered an alternative opinion to the, the majority, then he will certainly be aware of it. As will all the other board members as well. The the, the problem is you can do that. You can do that. We used to say it's about a protest back in the day when they were against the board. If you want to do that do it after the game maybe or do it not actually in the ground but ultimately we need West Ham to pick up three points against Everton because as yeah. you said yeah I agree uh, with that as you said it's a it's a crucial relegation battle if we lose that we really are in big trouble and for the benefit of our long term future West Ham needs to win that game whether it be with Moyes or without Moyes getting the three points is more important than who the manager is in that game there um, and then afterwards and it has more power if the team has won and then you protest after um 
because it shows that it's not just a results-based thing. It's a long-term uh, plan that's the issue. Then you do it. But but I just think we, we've got to go to try and lift the team and get the result against Everton, regardless of who the manager is. And yes, the manager is not making the right choices. It does appear that there's a new, numerous amount of players now and and, and backroom staff that don't believe he's the, he's the right person for the job. Um, and it appears that... We are on a massive decline, but but you pick three points up on Saturday, that makes a massive difference to our season, and that ultimately is the most important thing. Does it, or does it just prolong the agony? Because, you know, what what if we get, what if we have 10% possession on Saturday and have 20 shots against us, but we have one shot and we win the game 1-0? Is that going to lift it? Is he going to turn a corner on the back of that? It's hard to say, probably not, but then it's those small margins that do make a difference. Look at um, under Kerbishy, the great escape. It was that game against Blackburn, which was a goal which shouldn't, we just lost 4 3 to um, Tottenham in dramatic circumstances. And then that game against Blackburn, the goal shouldn't have been given. Uh, we didn't play well that day, but we did get the three points. And then we went on a great run. Now, I'm not saying I necessarily believe that that will happen with David Moyes. I'm not even saying that David Moyes necessarily should be the manager, but. The bottom line is, at this point, unless the board have got a meeting going on now or something happens dramatically before Saturday, um, he is going to be the manager. And it doesn't matter what we all think of it. He is going to be the manager. And we support West Ham United. West Ham United need three points against Everton. And I just think if you're going to that game to just project negativity it might not be the game to go to do that off the pitch do that outside do it when Sullivan turns up in his car it's very obvious who who he is because he drives a, a brightly coloured Benz with a with a um uh, register registration plate of DS1 I think so you, you're going to know who it is do it then and let's try and get the three points but David Sullivan knows that they're in a they're in a bad situation and that the manager is on last legs he's quoted as saying I de- desperately want him to turn this round but I'm not sure if he can but the alternatives out there don't fill me with much hope either so it's a bit of a pretty negative situation I just you know I, I could never never ever go into a game wishing my team to lose no of of course not I I know what you mean I know what you mean of course you don't but then it's it's a difficult one isn't it because if that is the game that that sparks change a positive change then I I think anyone could be forgiven for saying do you know what to if if it means saving the season I'm potentially okay with sacrificing these three points. If I'm guaranteed that change happens immediately after Everton. Because otherwise, if he, well, because if he wins that game unconvincingly, right? Unconvincingly. And then he goes into what is a a horrendous February and loses all of those games. I, 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 I really do start to worry. Be, I don't think he'd be given that long. I don't. I mean, I don't know for certain. You're right. At the moment, it's hard to actually know what's in Sullivan's head. If I'm honest with you, I don't even think he knows. You know, he's dealt with losing his business partner of 45 years. Who, who? Yes, towards the end of his. Um, tenure as, as chairman uh, didn't get involved as much as he used to but he hasn't got his usual thinking partner with him he's he's got this decision to make his own I genuinely actually don't think he knows what to do uh, which is worrying in itself but I think he's mm. I think he's so so like there's part of him that just thinks David Moyes is the best man for the job I think the ideal situation the ideal situation I don't know if it will happen but the ideal situation is West Ham beat Everton at the weekend 
they sack Lampard and they then try and appoint David Moyes to go back to Everton. Now, whether that's massively hypothetical, I don't know, but it could happen because they tried to appoint David Moyes, I think, when they appointed Rafa Benitez. So they definitely would take him back, I think. And, and David Moyes, despite what West Ham fans think of him now, has proven that he can take clubs away from the relegation zone because he, mm. he did it He did it with us. So maybe he needs a fresh change. So if Everton come back in, particularly at the age that he is as well, like coming towards the end of his career, he might... He might turn around and say, you know, I'll take that. And in some ways, I think that's the, the ideal solution for all that the decision is forced almost upon West Ham. And then they have to make a decision. But again, we'll talk about it in my next section. But then when you go and you think what's going to happen next, I'm pretty certain, pretty certain. I know you don't agree with this. And I know you don't think it's the right move, but I'm just telling you what I think Sullivan will do. I think he would appoint a manager that's out of work on a six-month contract or whatever it is till the end of the season on the on the Provado that you keep West Ham up and then we will assess the situation at the end exactly what he did for David Moyes and then you've got to look out at the options out there of managers that are out of contracts and when you go through them, yes, there's maybe one or to you think yeah they could probably do it but there's not a whole list of them that would take the job because you've got to think I don't think Pochettino I'm almost certain wouldn't take the job with West Ham in this situation with no ability to really have much time to sign anyone they may come in the summer although I very much doubt that so you're looking at managers that are out of work arguably for a reason so that that's the issue that the situation is and the situation is, is, is not great at all I fully accept that I came away from Wolves massively depressed you know I'd, I've been trying to back this man I've been taking abuse for it all, all for the last two three weeks and I was hoping that he could come out of a comfortable 2-0 win do the same or whatever against Everton and then things will start to look differently but he didn't and therefore he's got to be on his last leg Mm, it has to be. I mean, again, we keep going back to this this system and players having to fit into the system. And now it's it's playing a part in the debate about has the recruitment been good? Because I say that it has been because the players have been good, but you're saying it hasn't been because the players aren't fitting into the system. Well, I, I'm so sick and tired of 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 David Moyes not using a system to fit around the players rather than bringing players into fit the system. I mean, the first question is, X, what is the fucking system? Does well, David don't, Moyes don't. even know what the system no, is? No, not, not anymore. He does. No, I don't think he does either. I mean, you talk, he's just done an interview. I don't know if you saw any of it. He's done this I've podcast. seen that he's done one, Stephen yeah. Bartlett, I think, isn't it? That's it, yeah. That podcast just come out. So in order to have a bit of knowledge going into ours, I tried to listen to it whilst trying to get my section done, whilst trying to get the kids to school, whilst trying to fucking live, basically. So I was talking about Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> 25 things at once um, but I, so I was listening to me and he he specifically in that podcast talked about he's trying to change the culture at West Ham and try and change the system and the style and try and develop a, a long a long like brand I guess of, of what West Ham's identity is and I was just thinking well what is it and you know the, no specifics and, is there no because previously you could say when he first came in the first thing he did is he ripped up he looked up, sorry, all the, the running stats and showed that West Ham made the least amount of effort pretty much in the league and that he made the, the he said that phrase, unless you work for this team, he won't play. That doesn't seem to happen anymore because you look at Antonio, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't cover a kilometre um, effectively over um, over the game um, uh, yesterday. Um, and he usually the stats, I think like 10 or 11, 12 and stuff. Um, and he, uh, and, and, and you know, so it's very hard, you know, people say it was 
counter-attacking, but we seem to be the one that gets counter-attacked against now, rather than the ones that's counter-attacked for. Um, and, uh, and it's very hard to know what the system is, and you're right, it, it, you shouldn't be able to have all these good players that don't fit the system. The system should fit them, but the bottom line is the system is created by the manager. So if the manager recruits players that don't fit the system he's trying to implement, yeah. then, the system, then it's poor recruitment. It doesn't matter how good the player is. You can sign Messi, but if you're not going to play him in the right way, you're going to stick him at left back or something ridiculous, then it's then not good recruitment. It doesn't matter who the player is. But the bottom line is something hasn't been right this summer because you can't buy to state the obvious, you can't spend that amount of money and have that many difficulties getting these players to to perform. You know, there is the argument none of them have played in the Premier League, but that if that's the case, you shouldn't have recruited them. There's the argument that, you know, that these players are taking time to settle. Well, I don't see why it always takes time to settle at West Ham, and whereas at other clubs they they don't. You know, mm. maybe it's something deeper than the manager. I, I really don't know. But the, this season has to be a real wake up call because it looked like West Ham were on the verge of potentially being where we should be with the stadium we've got and so on. You know, as a, Euro, a regular European contender, and at the, at the moment we're sitting in the relegation zone. So you've, you've got to ask questions. Mm, yeah, you certainly have. And the biggest question is, if David Moyes goes, who comes in? And whilst that's not an easy question to answer, as I've said, I'm not having the fact that there's literally no one out there that can come in and do a better job. That's madness in my eyes. And earlier on, I asked our very own Dan Woffenden for his thoughts on potential replacement. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's it's a difficult one um, with the manager front at West Ham because obviously you've got Sean Dyche who... Did a fantastic job at Burnley. I think he there's an unfair perception around him. I think with a shoestring budget and the squad he had at his disposal at Burnley, he guided them to the Europa League. He played the best possible football he could. It wasn't pragmatic, but it was built off solid foundations, which if hypothetically he came into West Ham, we'd have a team at the moment that we're not seeing under David Moyes for whatever reason. Um, I don't think that players are helping Moyes out with some of their final third or lack of final third quality anyway um, Rafa Benitez for me is over the hill I think at Everton it was always going to be difficult for him but I think his best years behind him I like Thomas Frank but mid-season at Brentford they're doing really well um, in, and, in and around the Europa League places so would we be able to tempt him mid-season I don't think Brentford would entertain that to be honest Um then you've got Andrew Postacoglu of Celtic as well, uh, a really good manager, I really like him, he did well in Japan, uh, Australia too and now Celtic, they play attractive football, um, the recruitment is very good there as well, he knows his players, 
who add energy and dynamism to the team. But one manager I really like is Sporting Lisbon's Ruben Anarim. Um, now, he's only 37, but I think West Ham need a younger manager now, a manager that can galvanise this squad, work with the talent we have, like Lucas Paqueta, Gianluca Scamacco, because West Ham have a very talented squad, the best we've seen in years. I think we can all agree with that. Um, and Anarim is a very sought-after young coach now. I think he started out in the Portuguese third tier uh, in 2018. He went to then Braga, was appointed reserve team manager. Um, and then in doing so, he became a manager of a club team competing in a major European league at the age of just 34. But he impressed so much in 13 games that Sporting Lisbon came in for him. I think they paid a relatively big fee to get him there. And then in his first season at Sporting, he guided them to the domestic double, including their first league title in 19 years. And now he's doing really well with them um, consistently. And, and, you know, he's he's very focused on pressing from the front, wide traps. He plays with a back three, which I think will suit West Ham as well with the personnel we have. Will we be able to tempt him? Will he hold out for a better offer? I know Man United have been sniffing around him with rumours in the past, but I think... West Ham should target someone like him, really. Throw all you can at him to get him to come to the club um, because he's a young manager, pragmatic style, he's really enthusiastic. And I just think we could do with a bit of a refresh in that sense. I know Rafa Benitez has been a very good manager in the past, but I just think we need new ideas to work with this very talented squad that we have. So Ruben Anarim from Sporting, would be my first choice. I'd absolutely love to see him at West Ham. I think he'd bring energy. Uh, he'd suit the West Ham way that we all want to see. So that'd be my choice. It's always interesting to hear from Dan Woffenden because, um, you know, he knows a hell of a lot more about European football than I do. That's for sure. That's why I wanted to get his take on it. Um, but as you know, X, as you just heard, he did mention a few names there. But his pick would be Anarim from Sporting Lisbon, which is which is interesting. I've got to be honest, I don't really know anything about him. I don't know how much you know about him, but what do you make of that shout? Well, if you look at, I, don't, I can't claim to know a huge amount about him, but if you look at him, um, he's achieved a lot for Sporting Lisbon. I mean, you could argue all you have to do is imagine them, Benfica or Porto. It's a bit like the Scottish League, isn't it? But he has achieved a lot for them. He looks like he's really highly rated. Um, he looks like he knows how to set up his teams to be effective and, and he's young. And that's the sort of manager I'm talking about that I want to be the next West Ham manager, someone that has got a continuous uproot of up progression in their career I got so much abuse on um, uh, Twitter for people or people listening to this show saying when I say well he's been sat previously sat previously from from supporters saying, well, no manager's been sat previously. Well, actually, that's not the case. Lots of managers haven't been sat previously if they're on the upward um, trend of their careers, which is what I want. I want a manager that's not been sat three or four times in the hope that he might recapture previous glories because we've done that you know we've done that with um, Pellegrini we've done that with um, Moyes we've done that many times Pardew was an example of one that wasn't and uh, okay it ultimately didn't work in the end but he he turned things um, around for us quite quickly I want a manager that's on the same trend as him so yeah I could definitely see why he would be good he mentioned Celtics manager for me 
I would he would be my first choice, my first ideal choice that I think is realistic because he um from everyone I know in the game um, that I respect. In terms of their opinions, they speak very highly of him. And I like the fact that, you know, he, the way he talks in press conferences, I've, I've researched it, the players, um, Joe Hart, Apparently, uh, in an in a interview um, somewhere, said that he was the best manager he's ever worked for. Now, obviously, wow. yeah, when you think of Joe Hart's career, he's played for England for uh, a long period. He's played for, obviously, Manchester City. He's played for West Ham. He's played for a, a new in Italy as well. So he's played for a, a number of big teams. He said, by far, the best manager he's ever worked for. Wow. And, uh, and he works under Pep Guardiola. Now, I mean, obviously, he got bombed out by Guardiola, so he's probably going to going to have a bit of a negative opinion about him, but it's a decent, decent thing to say. That every player that seems to play for him really likes him. So I definitely see the point of him. Thomas Frank, 100%. If he would come to West Ham, I'd definitely take him. He's just signed a five-year contract with Brentford, though. So and mm. he seems to have got, I think, at Brentford, he's basically in charge of pretty much everything. So mm. I, doubt, I doubt he would look at the current situation we have with David Sullivan, for example, and be comfortable working and with a sporting director and with a uh, head of recruitment etc etc I don't think he'd be comfortable working under that um, and then Sean Dyche Sean Dyche is who I think it will be that that is I'll say that in the next section I don't know it's not ITK news it's just me as a fan and what I think might happen but I think because of his relationship with Karen Brady um, and because he has proven to take Premier League teams um, a Premier League team out of out of relegation um, struggles many a time because he knows the league because he um, probably he's, he isn't in work uh, and he you know he did work he was a a manager a bit like David Moyes has got a lot of Premier League experience and stuff could be probably knows some of the players quite well already so I think that is what they'll do on a six month contract if they sat David Moyes again that is not I can't, that's not me telling you inside information I don't know the answer but that is what um what the case is and um i think i think it's um this is the situation that we're in in the summer i think we might be able to get some of those managers but i very much doubt and i know me and you beg to differ on this we and i know we do but i can't see how you can persuade sporting lisbon's manager now i'm just gonna have to quickly look up what their current situation is at the moment bearing in mind he's a He's Portuguese. I'm, a, I'm assuming um, he might support the club or something. I'm just going to have to load him up to get these answers because uh, I didn't know you, you were obviously going to mention him, but he, um, well, he actually looked like he played for Benfica rather than Sporting Lisbon, so I don't know who he supports, but he grew up in Lisbon anyway. Um, and, um, you know, he's played for Portugal and he's managing Sporting and so on, but Sporting Lisbon at the moment, um, I, I'm assuming they're still in Europe. Um, I'm assuming they're challenging for the league. Um, so would he walk out on all of that when he's a young manager to go and um to go and into a relegation battle? Possibly at the end of the season, possibly. Because you could say, well, he's achieved that now at Sporting Lisbon. They actually sit fourth in the league at Sporting Lisbon. I'm looking at it now with Benfica top, Braga second, Porto um third, and he's actually 12 points off Benfica oh, and they've only played 16 games so he's not he's not there he's not winning the league either at the moment and then Sporting Lisbon in Europe I'd, you know you might be able to get him for me I think that he would be an interesting shout but I don't think he's the ultimate target to stand out for me at the moment um, 
But I think all of these are the Celtic guy, I think, would talk to West Ham at this point. But again, whether he'd agree to come right now, whether he'd say he'd come in the summer, I don't know. We'd have to ask him. So this is the problem I think West Ham had. I think there'd be there'd be some managers but that, that would take the job, of course, that would be, because there's so many managers that would love to manage in the Premier League, but whether they would be the one that Sullivan would pick. To me, it'll be between Dyche and Benitez. I can't see, and I, I'm not factual, but I can't see him beyond those two. Yeah, well, yeah. I temporarily, say, temporarily. Yeah. I'm not saying from the summer onwards, but no. temporarily. I think it would be one of those two's my gut feeling. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's... I mean, look, Sean Dyche has never excited me as a manager. And I know we're talking about potentially on a six-month basis, but what is he like working with big egos? Yes, he, he worked wonders at Burnley. He did, really. I mean, he, he, obviously it came to an end for him, but he's not been offered a job since, to my knowledge, or he certainly hasn't taken a job since. And what's he going to be like managing some of the superstars and inverted commas we've got at West Ham? Is the job too big for him, even on a six-month basis? I worry a little bit about that. Um, and I, 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 you're right, we do beg to differ. I, I just think you, if you're managing in the Scottish division or the Portuguese di- division and you have an ounce of ambition about you, you've got to take opportunities when they come up. And it's not as if we've got three games left in the season to save our season, otherwise we're down. We're only at the halfway point, a couple of wins, and then we suddenly start to climb the table. Now, I don't believe we're going to get that under David Moyes. I do believe we'd get that when a new manager comes in. So I actually think the prospect of, of either the Celtic manager or, or the Porto uh, Sporting Lisbon manager coming in, who I don't know much about, but I'm taking Dan's word for it, um, could give us that lift and, and put them in a win-win situation. And, and, I, and I can't see why that wouldn't happen. And I also think if we wait to the summer, we run the risk of having competition for these managers. You know, maybe Conte will walk out in the summer, maybe there'll be other clubs that are more attractive than West Ham that will part ways with their manager. Maybe Chelsea will lose Potter. You know, whilst we are in a position where in unison, and I'm, I'm, I'm including David Sullivan in this potentially, whilst we are in unison that David Moyes isn't the man for this club anymore, sack him and then be the only option in the Premier League for the yeah, Celtic but, manager or the Portuguese manager. But these managers will know that in the summer there, there will be other options. Yes, we could make the move now when there isn't, but these managers will know that there'll be other options in the summer, so they might turn around and say, yeah, I am interested in West Ham. You know, it's exciting, but in the summer, I'd, I'd like to keep my options open and see. I don't know. If you throw enough money at someone, money talks, you could probably persuade them, but we know that the club won't do that, you know, so it's not definite that they would go right now because they might want to wait. They might want to achieve what they've achieved this season, get it on the on the CV, and then maybe have even better options in the summer. I, I, I don't know. It's, you just you'd have to speak to each one individually. But I think I think it would be great to get a manager like that. Great to get an up and coming manager that's trying to like not a has been that's towards the end of their career. A manager that's trying to prove themselves. Like even you know, as much as I think they're too unproven at the moment. But the West Brom manager who who's turned their season around and was a assistant to Bielsa and has a bit of previous experience or Michael Carrick, you know, both at the moment, they're see they're they're looking like the sort of manager I want a, a manager that can come in and keep the momentum going for their career. But they are gambles because neither of them are managed in the Premier League. Um I just think at the moment we we that is what will happen. It will just be one of those managers on a six month contract. I, I can't with the way David Sullivan's talking, I can't see him being prepared to spend a lot of money, take a gamble on a manager, pay compensation. 
that ultimately that isn't guaranteed to be able to keep us up. I think he'll take the the option of one of those out of work experienced managers. I'm not saying I agree with that. I just think that's what has happened before with David Moyes. And, and that is my concern. And that is my concern. Mm. And in which case, and I understand that he's already done his bollocks on the players that he's brought in, but that is, that's just showing again a complete lack of ambition, isn't it? And, oh, and, yeah. I, and again, I say this a lot on this show. Maybe I am genuinely, completely and utterly naive, right? But whilst this point in the season isn't ideal in comparison to the summer for someone to come in, I, I do get that. Whilst it's not ideal, we are still West Ham United. We are in the nation's capital in a 60-odd seat, a thousand-seat stadium with a great group of players. And we are historically also good players, when it comes to managers. So if you are a manager that you and you genuinely do have ambition, what manager would not want to manage in the Premier League? And if you get that opportunity from West Ham United and there isn't anyone else about, you've got to be taking that gamble. Not, don't well, wait till the summer. Take it now. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, this might be a problem with the, the board that we have. You know, we have a board that, that you know, obviously we just lost one of them and the other is, what, into his 70s now. It, maybe our board are too dated that they'd rather work with. Like they're, maybe they're old school. You know, wherever they you look at every manager that they've appointed since they've been at West Ham, the appointments have been Avram Grant, who was old at the time and had a lot of experience at Chelsea and wherever else Israel and wherever else he'd managed then they appointed um, Sam Allardyce who had done the rounds and you know had been at Blackburn Newcastle Bolton etc etc then they appointed um, Bilic who was maybe the most progressive one but he had been a manager before for the Croatian national team and obviously in in Russia and in Croatia and had the, had the benefit of being an ex-West Ham player he was about the fourth or fifth choice by the way he wasn't first choice then they appoint um was it Moyes, say it, who had done the rounds, uh, experienced manager, then Pellegrini, experienced, done the rounds, then Moyes again, experienced, done the rounds. So they just don't pick young up-and-coming managers. So uh, I just can't see it. And it's not me not saying they should be. You know, if we had an ambitious board, you know, the other clubs try it. You know, other clubs pick these managers. Look at Brighton. You know, Brighton, unbelievable. Got Graham Potter from the... Um, Swedish league or Finnish league, whichever one it was, it was Swedish. Um, and then they've got an, and you think, oh, right, he's gone. They're going to be absolutely, um, you know, falling apart. If anything, they look, they look better under the new manager that they've got. And they picked him up from, um, from Shakhtar Donetsk. You know, and he'd be, there you go. I mean, yeah. That's a prime example, isn't it? That's it what can, I mean. It, it, it can work. Yeah, this is what I mean, though. But this is what I'm saying. I'm saying I don't think we have a board that do that. No, 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 I'll make you right. Yeah, yeah, but, so, but, we, but we should have a board that does oh, that, we and we should. deserve a board uh, that does that. Of course. This is the problem. Of course, and this is partly why I stuck by with Moyes for so long. It's not necessarily because I think out of all the managers in the whole entire world, he's the best manager for West Ham. I, w- I wouldn't even have said that when we were doing well in Europe. He'd been a, out of the, all the managers ever, he'd be the best manager for West Ham. But at the time, I 
I felt he was the best manager that I could realistically see the board appointing or having as manager, and uh, and that's why I've stayed with him for so long. Because I, I unless I, unless the board shock me, and they may they may shock me. You know, they've got obviously David Gold has moved on now, so his shares are going to be going to younger members of the family. Dan Cunningham, who I, I think is a top top bloke, I know him well. He's the mm. same age. He's the same age as as me, and my slightly older maybe, but he is the same generation, so maybe he might bring a more youthful way of looking at it, maybe Krasinski will but I think Krasinski's not really that involved with decision making, maybe they will shock me, but I just can't see it, and that is why I've always been so hesitant to get rid of David Moyes because is Rafa Benitez is Sean Dyche a better option? Probably yes now, probably yes at this particular moment, but long term are they the managers you want? I don't know, Sean Dyche to be fair has done a good job at Burnley. He has done. You know, you can't argue with it. And yes, he got sacked, but he kept a club up there that really shouldn't have been that great. Then you look at Vincent Company. He's someone that maybe should be considered. And look what he's doing at Burnley. He's a manager that I'm talking about, a manager that is on the up of their career. He did well at Anderlecht, went to Burnley, done well there. Um, and so he is the sort of manager I would like. Plays good football, would have great contacts in the game. As I said before, Craig Bellamy is uh, involved. So he's He's got the ex-West Ham bit to it as well. These are the managers that I would like. But I think Sean Dyche isn't as bad as people make out. You just have to accept that it's another just put brought in to keep West Ham up job because you're not going to get exciting, brilliant football with him. But he always worked well with a target man up front. You know, he, he always worked well. You know, you think of Chris Wood, always scored goals for them. Was it Rodriguez scored goals for them. Um, they bought Workhouse or Verthouse. That's a bit nice. I don't think it really paid off with him, but he's always had that target man forward. Maybe Scamacar under Sean Dyche would be the perfect person for his system. And Sean Dyche hasn't had the luxury of working with players like Packeter and Scamacar and Declan Rice and people like that. So maybe with those players, he might be better. I don't know. Maybe they are the right person to come in for six months. It's just, it's just such a great debate at the moment because there's no proven formula. You know, there's no mm. proven formula that who you bring in is going to be the right person. And, we you know, we can all say what our opinions is, but it's not. These are still opinions. They're not facts. And that's what I was trying to stick allude to previously when I backed David Moyes, is at least we know that David Moyes factually can take West Ham out of relegation because he's done it before and he can get West Ham to win games I don't think he can now but that is why I was trying to back him for as long as I had and it's a a messy situation a situation that I couldn't have ever seen happening. You know, we signed all that player, all those players in the summer. We were just on the back of a European semi-final. Yeah, the form had been off before that, but really these players should have came in and ignited things, and they haven't. But then you can turn around and say, if we do bring in a, a new striker, a new winger, and a new centre-back, will that be enough to turn it around for Moyes? You know, he might. they might be the three players that he needs. Who knows? I, it's just it's all hypothetical at the moment, which makes me back to the point that no one's opinion is wrong. You know, unless it's like horrific opinion about something horrifically wrong in life. If it comes down to football, you might think someone's opinion is bizarre. But ultimately, until you've got facts, every opinion is valid. And people should maybe be a little bit more tolerant of that, I would say. Yeah, one thing's for sure, it's depressing at the moment. It really mm. is. And um, going back to Wolves, it wasn't just a shit performance. It was a shit journey home as well, wasn't it? I mean, what a palaver. And I didn't do myself any favours when I fell asleep on the way home, did I? 
<laughs> I mean, to, to be fair, you actually helped me because you provided me with a bit of a light-hearted entertainment and uh, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, relief that it wasn't actually me that had made a fool out of myself in terms oh. of falling asleep. It was actually you for once. So, uh, well, go, go yeah. on, then. go and tell tell everyone what happened then. <laughs> so, so obviously, Dave and I had been drinking. You're better at stories than me, though, so I feel like I could waste this. But me and you were um, both drinking throughout the day. I thought, I usually you always do, like, no matter what. And, I, and I'm either driving or, like, I don't fancy it. But I was on it to myself. So so I was drinking Guinness and stuff. But you, you always up the steak with your, you call them small concoctions. But actually, I had I had a sip. And I'd say a sip may be like a mouthful of your small concoctions. And it almost made me pass out. It was, it was it was that strong. It was literally I literally think you know how salt salt bay sprinkles his salt. You know he does that like that hand. I think that was that that was your bit. That was your um, sprite dosage in that bottle. And the, rest, <laughs> <laughs> and the rest was just like pure hardcore smirn off. And um, yeah, yeah, accurate, so, to be fair. yeah, yeah, and so. We are on the train home, and you were talking quite fine, to be fair. You were quite quite coherent. You weren't obviously <laughs> at your usual, or not I say usual, at your worst drunkness in, in the sense that when you, I mean, there was a little bit, but that was after, actually. No, you, I actually didn't pick up that you were that drunk. Usually I can tell instantly because you slur your words. You can barely walk, that sort of stuff. But actually, you were pretty on the ball, I thought. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you, like, you'd been quite chatty and talking to people around us. You decided to go to sleep, like literally within seconds. So you put your head on the table and you were gone. And then... And I can't talk because I, my, I've got. I mean, I've got, I've got an actual medical problem when it comes to this sort of thing. But I, per, I perfectly accept my sleeping is horrendous, and so my snoring is so loud. But you were really giving me a run for my money, I'm sure. Uh, so I, I, we got it pulled into Houston Station. I was like, I was like, mate, we need to get up now. And I was like, tapping you, mate, we need to get up mate, we need to get out, and there's just literally nothing. So I started shaking you, like sort of shaking you on the shoulder, nothing. Then I was like shaking you and kind of jabbing you in the stomach a little bit as well, nothing. <laughs> the, the, the bloke opposite goes, why don't you do wet like wet, wet finger in the ear? He was like, suck your finger and stick it in his ear. And I was like, geez, I'm not doing that. That's horrific. <laughs> so, uh, so, I just, so, I just, so I started flicking your cap a bit and flicking your head a little bit and literally couldn't get any life out of you. And then, uh, then I started picking up your hand like literally picking up your hand as if you were like a wrestler or boxer knocked out and then dropping it and it was just literally going thump 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 and then about on about the fourth or fifth time of doing it I picked it up and you always did like you know like when Hulk Hogan used to be getting battered like you'd have chairs <laughs> chairs hit over his head you know it'd be like people jumping yeah. on his face he'd be like literally dead basically and then all of a sudden on the third drop of the hand or second drop of the hand it would suddenly start shaking and then he'd put it back up again and then, like, and then he'd like get that massive adrenaline rush and start running around everywhere well basically on about the fourth or the fifth one you did that I went to drop it and it didn't hit the table it came back up like fighting strong like that and he, and he sort of waved it above your head I thought I've done it I finally woke him and it was waving it was waving 
And then it crashed back down onto the table again. <laughs> and I was genuinely, because I can't carry you fucking hell, I need a crane to do that. So like, I, I was I was really like, you know, you those helicopters can't take off with you in them. So, so there's, 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 there's no way I was going to be able to lift you. So eventually, like, so what I was shaking, and, you, and then I managed to get a bit of life in you, and you started going, and I was like, mate, mate, are you okay? And obviously we've got a bit of an audience. At this point, the oh, two kids... Two kids opposite. Well, I say kids, they're like teenagers. Two teenagers opposite, and then like his dad, and then the people on the right as well. And you were sort of going, a bit like che- a bit like Chewbacca. Oh, no, it's fucking <laughs> you're a bit like Chewbacca from um, Star Star Wars. So you're like a. <laughs> See, I'm not convinced, right? I'm not convinced that you at this point did everything you could have to woke me up. Because I know what you're like, right? I reckon you see me fucking start giving everyone a 2023 version of The Exorcist and, and you're thinking, do you know what? It's actually quite funny. I'm just going to let this unfold. Why did you wake me up? I mean, what do you think I was going to do? Start levitating or something? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I must admit, there's like two or three, four processes. First of all, it was fucking hilarious. Second, there is, there is an element of truth. Second of all, I'd tried absolutely everything and you weren't waking up. And third of all, I'd seen you in Vegas, we went beat up top of the invisible Tottenham fans. I thought I thought I was going to have a right hook to the face sooner or later. So, so I was a little bit cautious of that. And anyway, after I suddenly got you to stop doing the kind of Chewbacca noise, you got your hand in in a fist, punched it into the table, and started like carving into the table. Like you started going. And you like like you had a widgy board or something, like you were carving this like I you were shitting your, yourself. Like, oh, we all were, we all were. And then the, and then the, <laughs> and then the, the teenagers opposite were like in mixed minds over to film it and stick it on fucking TikTok or something, or to like gen- genuinely oh, clear God. the carriage. So like you're going, you're going like and I was like and, we, and like me and the and the dad of these teenagers as he's kind of holding his kids back I was like I was like is he joking and they were like yeah I think he's I was like I think he's joking and like, they were like no I'm not sure mate there's something going wrong here and I was like no I think he's joking I'm not sure I was like Dave are you joking and he just go rrr, rrr. and I thought and I said and I was like I don't and like everyone's looking really a bit confused a bit funny bit concerned and I was like I think he's joking I think he's joking and all of a sudden he's literally a bit like Tyson Fury against Deonta Wilder he just literally suddenly sap sap bolt up I went ah I was joking I was joking I was joking got you all got you all got you all and then so everyone was like oh fuse and like the carriage cleared and then as we walked out the carriage you really barely could stand up and you almost fell into the train track. Like it was, the train was there. So you would have fallen onto the train, but you were like swaying like all over the place. And then the police clocked it and the police started walking right behind us. If you remember to, to monitor your, your movements and stuff. And then I exp- I said to you, mate, what the fuck was all that about? <laughs> and you were like, and you, and you, and you, and you were like, what? What did I do? And I went, no, mate, you, you do remember you've literally just done it. And you're like, what? What did I do? And I went, you just said you were joking, so you must have known. You were joking about what? 
And I went, yeah. what you've just been doing on the train? And you were yeah. like, no, you're like, no, I don't remember that. And I was like, what? And you were like, I think I said I was joking in my sleep. Yeah. So I was like, what the fuck? And then by the time we walked back, I, don't know, I think you sobered up eventually, and then you were mortified at what, what had just happened. Oh, mate. Well, that's very true. I mean, incredibly, incredibly, when I've said, uh, I've got you all joking or whatever, that wasn't that wasn't a, a, a conscious reaction. I think what had happened is, be going from being absolutely comatose to then being half asleep at some point, I was somehow clever enough to maybe subconsciously realise that I'm making the right cunt at myself here, <laughs> and then actually try and pull it round for myself and pretend that the whole thing was an act. But none of it was, was consciously related, honestly. Because we were sitting on a table of four, weren't we? So we had these two lads opposite. The dad was behind and you're next to me. I've just, I've got this fucking image of all of you just sh- absolutely shitting yourself and me all of a sudden levitating them all to the ceiling going, ah! Fuck you and fuck everyone on this train! It was very bizarre. The only, the only, thing, that kind of, the only thing that kind of counted in my favour a little bit in terms of understanding what was going on was the fact that I've witnessed this in Las Vegas so I knew that it was kind of within your DNA oh. to behave like that so I kind of thought he's out he's having one of those weird moments at night isn't he that is horrendous <laughs> honestly oh my god how embarrassing I can't believe it <laughs> um, and then it didn't get any better from there either because uh, I got to Liverpool Street we both did and then I had to get a train back to Stansted Airport. Shock, no trains. So I had to get a train to Waltham Cross and then from there get a bus to Stansted Airport. But I'm sitting on the last few carriages in the train. Apparently, um, it, it, it wasn't working. It was a fault with the back three carriages. Not that anyone told you that. So when I went to get off, the doors didn't open. So I've ended up going to bloody Enfield. I had to get off at Enfield get back on, come back to Waltham Cross to then get on a bus to then go to Stansted and then get a taxi from Stansted to my house. Mate, honestly, yeah. and do you know what? You can suffer it if you're watching 11 players that give a shit under a manager that's got something about him, but it was just a cherry on the cake, really. Um, and do you know what? Going back to football, Everton obviously is a massive game and given how shit you are at predictions, this question is probably wasted on you, but how are we going to get on, do you think, on Saturday? Um, yeah, <laughs> it's really hard isn't it? I mean it's the game like as some people have said is El Sacchio like basically whoever loses that is going to go and it's ironic I think that both people both managers have a strong connection to to the opposition as well so it's a strange little scenario that's turned out. I mean my god I don't know if you've seen in the videos of um, Everton fans but they have lost the plot I mean you think West Ham fans have they have lost the plot they're like trapping oh. the players in their cars as they're driving Are out they? the stadium yeah screaming Blimey. at them in their faces smashing their cars wow up. so yeah they've really lost the plot um, um, so yeah it's a massive game for both clubs uh, it's so hard to predict. In reality, West Ham should win that. Whether that it actually translates to what happens on the on the day, I don't know. But as I'm always trying to remain optimistic, because life is short, people. This doom and gloom is horrendous. So whilst it might be misplaced optimism, I always at least try to have some form of optimism going into things. So I'm going to go. We have a two nil West Ham win. 
Yeah, I, I do actually genuinely believe that um, we'll win that game as well. <laughs> Again, probably false optimism. Um, and I think maybe we'll nick it. I'm going to go with 1-0, actually. Uh, and I did predict, I think, a draw or a win against Wolves. In my heart, I knew we were going to lose that game. Um, because it's still, it was still, to be fair, whilst they've been struggling this season, it was still a difficult game. Whereas Everton, oh, they're there for the taking. I mean, if we don't beat them... Oh, I, I dread to think what that stadium's going to be like. I, I genuinely think it's going to be so toxic if we concede first. It's not going to be a nice place and it's going to be a lonely world for David Moyes, I think. He's already, like I say, he's already lost the fans, already lost the players. If he goes a goal down, that's, that's not going to be comfortable for him at London mm, Stadium. Mm, that's for sure. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really strange situation. I mean, to the sad, do you know a manager actually to go back on to a manager that I would take? And I don't know if it's realistic at this point. I don't know. But it's something that I would certainly push the boat and see whether it's realistic because his career, I know I said I want to imagine that's on the up, but I think he he's the reason his career is on the down is he hasn't been backed by him. Actually, no, I'm going to contradict myself a little bit by his point because he has been sacked previously as well. Um, but I think Brendan Rodgers would be a decent appointment if he, could, if he would come. I don't know if he would, but Leicester are only two points above us. So if, yeah. we, beat, if we beat Everton and they lose in fact he'd be coming to a club that's a better place than the current club he's at um, I think you know yes he was sat at Liverpool but at that time that was probably quite harsh and also um, you know he, he'd done a lot for Celtic a lot for Leicester um, I, I think he would be the sort of player that could the manager sorry that could come in and sort the club out as I yeah. say does contradict myself a little bit because he's not a manager completely on the up but he would be someone that I, if I was told I think he might be the bookies favourite but I was to be told that Brendan Rodgers would come in, it was coming in I'd be like yeah I'll take that that's a good mm. appointment so he'd be someone else I'd consider but if we mate, if we beat Everton and I know I keep saying this we beat Everton I know it does paper over the cracks but obviously, the 18 points, I mean, obviously, there are going to be other teams picking up points, but for the sake of the argument, you could get up to 14th place. And I mean, all of a sudden, the league looks a hell of a lot healthier. So even mm. if you sacked, even if you let David Moyes win that game and sack him after, I think the club is so shallow, but I think the club would somehow appeal a little bit more, um, more... Mm like uh, appealing to take over if the club are sat there rather than in the relegation zone I know it's only three points but you know you look at the table if it were not even in the relegation zone that's what I'd be looking at if I was a future manager but mm. yeah, there mm. you go Mm. Well, now we're at the halfway stage of the season. It seems only fair that we review the West Ham Way Premier League prediction standings. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I, thought with all the, I thought with all the Moyes stuff, we'd actually escape that. I really did. I really did. Well, I need a bit of cheering up, to be fair, so I'm going to kick you when you're down, because after 19 weeks, X hasn't overtaken me in the league once which is quite damning, really. Bearing in mind, this is potentially the fourth consecutive season I've beaten him. That's so bad. And currently, I'm 90th on 1,537 points. Um, I'm not actually sure where X is, but I know he's on 1,384 points, leaving a gap of 153 points. So I don't know if you've got any kind of mid-season comments at this stage, X, or whether you just... Um... It's been poor recruitment. I brought in the wrong people for the wrong system. <laughs> um, and I just, I just can't, I just can't get the best out of my players at the moment. So, uh, yeah, it's not good. And, and to be fair, um, 
Yeah, that's a silly game, isn't it? I won the NFL. I won the NFL <laughs> Fantasy League. Um, and speaking of which, the Giants, my team, if you want to cheer myself, anyone else up that, um, that may be, is thinking about what NFL team support. The Giants dramatically, again last night, hence I'm tired this morning, um, won in the playoffs uh, with a lot of controversy going on in the game, a lot of incidents. But uh, yeah, the Giants won and they play their main rivals, uh, Philadelphia Eagles, in the next stage now. And I, I think will lose to be fair but it's been a great season and does almost back up the point about getting a good coaching because the Giants yeah. for the last two or three years have been absolutely terrible uh, the quarterback has been not good uh, and all of a sudden you're getting a new manager a new coach and the team has been completely different the quarterback's been unbelievable so yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got to say, mate, that was expertly deflected away from the Premier League's predictions competition. <laughs> like, talking about your standing as to just a, a Giants quarterback. I mean, I don't just, know how you that <laughs> And just to talk about the coach one more time, the coach, the coach was actually on an upward trend of his career as well. Because I mean, I can't claim to be the most knowledgeable NFL person, but he, he wasn't a coach before that. He was a coach of like the offense and the defense. But he wasn't the head coach, um, and now he got his first role and know what he's done for us. So that's what I mean when I look for future managers I want one that's showing progression in their career um, mm, so yeah, yeah. and the, yeah. Predi- the predictions league um, you know in the grand schemes of trophies we're talking about maybe mm-hmm. like a uh, like a uh, what's it called John uh, Paints trophy, you know the, 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 the real, the real Paints trophy, yeah, yeah, Paints, yeah. yeah, the real, the real trophies are the fancy footballs. Unless of course you win it this season, then it'll be like yeah. the FA Cup. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, because that'll be coming from <laughs> adversity. Actually, I should be saying this: we we promote this game as our own, so it's not the best marketing. But uh, yeah, <laughs> well, let's have a look at the top five as we are halfway through now. So currently in fifth place is Billy Crover with two thousand and eighty-eight points. In fourth place is Grant Appleton with 2,102. In third place is at B Helberg, with 2,139. In second is at Wayne Bow, one. So that's Wayne Bow, one, with 2,181. But in the lead at the halfway point, with an impressive 2,497 points, is Christopher Powell. So well done, lads. Keep it going. Um, now, we started recording this show a little bit later today because X said that he needed more time to finish his section. Is that because he has good news for us or bad news? It's time to find out. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.